You're listening to the Missionary Perspective Podcast with veteran missionaries Eric Johnson and Joshua Mead. We're glad you could join us. We trust this podcast will be both a blessing and a challenge as we relate topics in world evangelism from a missionary perspective. Now, here's Josh and Eric. Hi, this is Josh Mead, and I am here with Bradley Edmondson, and uh, he is the Executive Director of Medical Missions Outreach. We are hosting a team with uh, Medical Missions next year, and uh, we decided to put this interview together. I want to learn a little bit more. I want you to hear our listeners about this tremendous ministry. I've heard only good things about it. Bradley, this is our first time uh, meeting. Uh, Thanks for coming on our podcast and sharing a little bit about the ministry there. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I appreciate the opportunity to be with you today. Uh, It's definitely um, uh, my privilege. I've heard nothing but great things about your ministry as well. I think that's the reason why God allowed us to uh, kind of find each other and try to partner together. So I'm super excited about it. Um, yeah. So uh, as you said, uh, Brad Lindson, um, I've been serving with Medical Missions Outreach for 18 years now. Wow. Uh, my wife and I had the opportunity to start this ministry uh, as a result of kind of going with other medical teams and seeing the need outside the U.S., but also just because of uh, we, we couldn't separate our, our faith in Christ from our good works of what we were trying to do for other people. And we thought, man, what an incredible tool that we would be able to use medicine to help get the gospel out and help plant churches or strengthen churches around the world. And so after going with a couple of medical teams from Montgomery, Alabama, we went down to Ecuador and we went down to Peru. Um, we just knew that this is what God was calling us to do. And so we both resigned our positions and and jumped into it. And uh, it's been absolutely amazing. What we thought would start off as just, you know, one or two trips a year to help some friends who are in the ministry has turned into something way, way bigger than what we ever expected. And, and of course, that's just like God to, to do greater things than we imagine. And so we absolutely love getting to serve in this capacity. No, that's incredible. In missions, medical, such an important outreach tool. It opens so many doors. Now, you mentioned that's originally you went into medicine and you were going to practice medicine in the States. And then it was give us a little bit of just kind of a history of how did this all come to be? I mean, you mentioned a little bit just overpass. Sure, sure. What were some of the specifics? Uh, How did that come to be? Yeah, so we're we're a unique situation. Um, I did not study medicine, so I, I was actually pastoring a church. My wife is a nurse practitioner. Uh, we were living in Alabama in a very rural community. In fact, um, our town had about four thousand people in it. The majority, um, it was about eighty-five uh, percent African American, ten percent. Hispanic and 5% Caucasian. And the uh, Hispanic population were first generation Guatemalan Mexican immigrants. And so my wife was the only medical provider in our community that was bilingual. And as a result, the majority of that population in our community became her patients. And so it was just a really neat opportunity to begin ministering to them through our church, through her skill set. And as a result of that, the owner of the hospital invited her to go on a trip. And uh, I just told her, I was like, there's no way you can't go by yourself. We don't know these people. Uh, You know, you'll get kidnapped. I'm too ugly to start this whole thing over again. Like, you know, there's no way I'm letting you go. And so the owner of the hospital said, hey, why don't you go too? And I said, well, I'm a Baptist pastor. If I go, I'm going to want to share my faith. I'm going to want to do, you know, something like that, minister to people. He said, I don't care. As long as your wife is going, that's all I care about. (laughs) And, uh, and and to be honest with you, I'm not sure that he's a believer, 
but he, he enabled us to go. And so, um, that first trip was just, God just opened our eyes. We had no idea people were so desperate for care. And, uh, you know, I told my wife, I said, there's just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people out outside in line. This is like shooting fish in a barrel. You know, you can go give them uh, a gospel tract. You can sit and talk to them. They're not going to walk away because they're going to keep their place in line. And I told her, I said, you know, if I was a church planter, if I was a missionary, uh, this is exactly what I would want to do because um, I had gone on many other type of mission trips, whether it was construction, vacation, Bible school, uh, you know, uh, showing films and and trying to do, you know, evangelistic crusades. Never had I seen anything like what we were seeing in this medical clinic. And it was just absolutely amazing. And, and we loved it. And like I said, uh, we knew that God was working in our heart to do something. Um, in fact, when we got on the plane to leave from that first trip, uh, my wife and I, I looked at my wife, she's kind of got tears in her eyes. I said, Hey, let's just get off the plane. We'll stay here. I'll start a church. You start a <laughs> clinic. We have no children. We have no debt. You know, we can get them to sell what little stuff we own at home and send it to us. And, uh, we both knew that was kind of crazy, but, uh, <laughs> We knew God was working that second year. He sent us to Ecuador and that year was more about asking questions. Hey, how did you get the, you know, the medicine into the country and how did you get permissions and how did you know to do this? And just kind of asking a lot of the logistics stuff. That's kind of the way my mind works. And uh, that third year, when he asked us to go on another trip, we said, thank you. But uh, a good close friend of mine had planted a church in the Dominican Republic. We had asked friends from college and just people we knew in the medical community that um, that were believers, had a relationship with Christ, went to like uh, faith churches. We said, hey, would you come with us and let's do this with a friend of ours? And we had about close to 30 people on that very first trip. And we went and it was just amazing. I mean, God just really uh, um, showed us very clearly uh, that this is what we were going to do the rest of our life. And so, like I said, I resigned from the pastorate. Uh, she resigned from the hospital. In fact, we told that man, um, you know, it's because of you, you know, you, you, you show, you showed us uh, this opportunity and he was thrilled. Uh, he still paid for everything uh, for us that first year. He said, I'll pay for your plane tickets. The uh, hospital pharmacy is open. Supply room is open for you. Get whatever you need to go. And when we told him that we were going into this, you know, with our life, he was nothing but an encouragement to us. So we were we were really excited about that. And uh, yeah, like I say, it's gone from just doing medical clinics to dental, optical, surgery, physical therapy. We do public health education. Uh, what we thought would be just a couple dozen friends a year. We have over 500 people a year traveling with us all over the world. And again, God is just so amazing to give us this opportunity to serve in this capacity. That is incredible. And I want to get into the ins and outs of the operation of the ministry and how people can get involved. Sure. But I'm always intrigued by the stories of how God guides you, right? So speak a little more right. to that as a pastor. Did you ever in your in your youth ever dream of becoming a missionary, traveling overseas, doing what you're doing now? And what how did you keep a soft heart to that? What, what would you speak to another pastor who says, hey, I'd like to get more involved in missions and what, what can I do that as a, from a pastor's perspective? Uh, just what was it that kept you with an open heart so that you were ready to surrender to missions when God opened that door? 
Sure. So um, I think, you know, kind of going back to the beginning, when I was in ninth, uh, eighth or ninth grade, I went on my very first missions trip. And it was actually to the same missionary that we would eventually take our first uh-huh. trip to in the Dominican yeah. Republic. Um, I've, you know, I've known him my entire life. And um, so I had gone down there to see him. And that first, you know, time out of the country, because he knew my family, he knew me, you know, he kind of, he kind of kept me close and it was like, Hey, Bradley, I want you to help me by doing, and he would give me special little tasks and stuff like that, that as an eighth, ninth grader, I just was like, Oh man, I'm his right hand, man. I loved it. And he really impacted my life deeply. And I tell him this all the time. We still are very close and, and, and talk often. And I told him, I said, you know, you, you have no idea how you impacted my life just by the attention that you showed me by, by allowing me to serve next to you. And, um, so as I progressed on, if I'm honest, we in my high school years, I don't know that I really felt that God was calling me to be a missionary, but I knew I wanted to go into the ministry. Right. And it was really just, you know, Lord, wherever you want to send me. Uh, during my college years, there was a strong push for um, young guys that were called into the ministry to consider going to New England to plant churches. And so I started leaning heavy towards, you know, Lord, if that's what you want me to do, that's a that's a mission field. I'll go there. I'll go and serve there. Um, and to be honest with you, it just, it didn't happen. Uh, there was never a a strong clarity that that's where I was supposed to go. And so going on this mission trip, like I said, my wife, um, before we met, she was determined she was going to graduate with her nursing degree and go on the mission field, you know, with her, you know, she didn't, she didn't have a, a, a prospect of a husband and she just felt like, Hey, I'm going to go there and join a missionary family and I'll start a clinic and I'm going to serve there. And then we met. And she just said, hey, um, I know you're the one for me and I'm just going to follow you. And as you follow God and we'll go serve together wherever. So when we got to Alabama, she's like, this is my mission field. Um, You know, she spoke Spanish. She was able to work in the community. Uh, She had a bilingual Sunday school class and bilingual junior church that she taught at our our church. She she was bringing 30, 35 children every week to church, um, you know, to to be able to minister to them, had an ESL class for their parents, just all kind of outreach that she was doing. And uh, when this opportunity came up, it was a no brainer. We love missions. I mean, we talk about it all the time at our church. We gave faith promise at our church. And I was like, this is a no brainer. Let's go on the mission field and just see what happens. And, um, and of course, um, uh, of course, the Bible is true. Uh, my eye affected my heart. I couldn't help it. I couldn't turn away from it. I couldn't turn a blind eye to the fact that these folks were in need. Um, they, um, the opportunity, and we we this is something you would hear us say very very often at MMO uh, to be able to dignify people, um, to make sure that they understand that they were created in the image of God. It doesn't matter what color their skin is, what their social economic status is, the language that they speak. I, I don't care. They we are all created in the image of God, and to be able to minister to them by binding up wounds, uh, by being able to uh, you know whether it's just putting your arm around someone. When they come in their most vulnerable state, uh, you, you cannot turn away from that. And if you're a pastor, um, that's what a pastor's heart is. A pastor's heart is about ministering and serving. And so for me, it was just, uh, you know, this automatic connection uh, that this is a great opportunity to fulfill this passion that God had given to me. 
And so I would say for pastors who are out there, every chance you get, take a mission trip. I mean, if your church doesn't already allow for this, you absolutely need to speak to, you know, some of the lay leaders in your church and say, hey, is there any way possible if the church can afford it, uh, please allow me the opportunity to visit our missionaries, at least one mission field a year. Go out and they don't understand what it'll do for their missionaries to to encourage them by just visiting them on the field, uh, but also how it's going to continue to keep a fire burning that our church is going to be involved in global evangelization. So whether it's missionaries in a developed country, uh, even if it's in the U.S., visiting your church planters to going to an underdeveloped country and just saying, hey, I want to I want to see your family. I want to see how you live. I want to meet your church people. I want to visit your services. Um, It is vital. It is absolutely vital um, for the missions program of your church to be involved like that. We've hosted pastors and individuals, church members that that support the ministry. And some of them, it was their first trip, you know, on, on a mission field. And they, we always get the same feedback. Why, why haven't I done this sooner? Why haven't I oh, done sure. this trip sooner? Speak to, speak to the medical side. So what would you say to a, a young person or whatever age who's in the medical profession? So not just pastors or ministers, but what, why should, and when should somebody who's in the medical profession, when should they take a mission trip like this? And why should they take a mission trip like this to uh, minister. So I would, first of all, just start and say that any Christian who is physically able, and I don't even say financially able, because that's the biggest stumbling block. People, people are deceived so fast into thinking I can never afford to go on a mission trip. And, and I would just go ahead and say, you need to, you need to go ahead and throw that excuse out. I'm I'm not going to listen to it. I know God's not listening to it uh, because he, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He can provide anyway. If he opens a door, he, he takes care of all of those things. If he's laid a desire on your heart um, and you know, for a fact that God is calling you to, uh, to, to visit, visit or to, to go on a mission trip. He handles all of that. So I think every Christian who's physically able absolutely should visit the mission field at least once in your life. It'll absolutely change your life. Um, when we talk specifically to medical professionals, uh, I would definitely tell you this, you have a God-given skill set because not everybody can handle the blood and the guts and the sights and the smells of medicine. Not everybody has a mental recall to know what to do, how to help someone, what medication does what. Um, you know, They don't all have that compassion. Uh, I do believe that medical professionals are compassionate people. That's the reason why you go into that field because you want to care for other people. And sure, in, a, in the U.S., uh, we take very good care of our medical professionals. You, you're, you're making a good living uh, with this. Let me tell you this, that God did not give you this skill set God did not bless you in these capacities just for you to have this fabulous career so that you could add all kind of commas and acronym, or, you know, letters after your name for all the degrees that you have. Uh, he gave you that skill set. He's given you this opportunity for his glory. So use it for his glory. Go on a mission trip like us. Or, or And I'll tell you this. I know we're not everybody's cup of tea, too. There's there's other great medical missions mm-hmm. ministries. But I would tell you this. Only go with a medical missions ministry that is gospel centric and local church centric. I would encourage you to do those two things. Uh, Medical Missions Outreach, we're not a humanitarian organization. We're an evangelistic team that happens to do medicine. That's the way we look at it because we want to keep the main thing, the main thing. And so I would encourage you as a medical professional to to get involved and go on a trip. It'll absolutely change your life to see your skill set 
being used to bring someone to the glorious gospel of Christ, to see someone get, um, you know, not only that physical touch and that physical compassionate healing, but also to, to give them that opportunity to experience eternal hope, eternal life is, is the greatest opportunity you'll ever have. It will change your whole perspective of what God is doing in your life and how God can use you. And let me tell you this too. You can get out of the rat race of the American medical system where you feel like you're overworked and you're under uh, appreciated uh, because you'll go on mission fields where people will bring you chickens and they'll bring you fruit and they are going to cry and say, thank you for caring for me. Thank you for caring for my family. And we don't do it for those rewards at all, but you will feel a appreciated. And it is just one of those magnificent opportunities to picture the hands and feet of Christ as you minister to other people. It's, I, I can't agree with you enough and emphasize it enough. The, the doors that medical ministries open, it, it softens hearts. It breaks down barriers. It opens doors. And I liked what you said, you're an evangelistic outreach ministry that specializes in medicine. That's what we're tr we're trying to build a team here of of people who are called to evangelize, but are you know have some specific skill sets. But that's that's the heart of the work of the Lord, getting the gospel out. And um, there's yeah, like you said, there's a lot of organizations out there, whether it's medical, sports, different ways to outreach. But if you're not sharing the gospel, you're not reaching the soul. Uh, at the end of the day, you're just trying to make them healthier uh, with no purpose. Yeah. But I love to see how God uses these different tools. We've, we have yet to host a specific medical team, and I'm so looking forward to hosting uh, your team next year. I think it's in March. We're going to have you guys. Uh, we there's, I've already had a couple local churches here that we work with have asked, can you come and do a day at our church for our neighborhood nice. and, and uh, to follow up? And so we're working on all the logistics for that and uh, getting all of that prepared. But even just a couple summers ago, we had a, a couple from a church in Newfoundland came to see us. They spent a week and a half or so with us. And we just opened our doors and had kids that live on the street come in. We just bandaged up some wounds. And I'll tell you what, it, it's life-changing just to see the gratitude and, and the appreciation. Nobody's taking care of these kids, you know, and just sure. we have so much in America. And to just take a week or two out of your out of your time to go to a country sure. like a third world country. I, I want to talk a little bit. Can you share a little bit about, you know, 18 years now of doing this ministry? I'm sure you've got all kinds of stories and experiences. And I want you to share some of what are some of the blessings of, of that you've seen with open doors and sharing the gospel. But before we get to that, can you share maybe a bird's eye view of what does a mission trip look like? How do you apply to go on one? What's the steps to take to go on a mission trip? What documents do you need? And then what do you do once you get to the mission field? And whether you're a dentist or whatever, you know, you specialize in, what's the process for joining uh, MMO on a mission trip? Sure. So it's, it's really easy. Um, you know, Here's one of the things I have to admit as well. I get to be the voice and sometimes the face of medical missions outreach, which is a travesty uh, because we have a fantastic staff. Um, you know, several of our staff members, maybe some of the listeners have been able to check out our website or maybe they know somebody. God is continuously growing our staff, which is a blessing. But our staff works tirelessly to um, make this ministry 
um, not only organized, but professional and efficient in our, in our, in our reach with the gospel. And so they've done a fantastic job to make this easy for travelers to go. So basically you would just go to our website, medical outreach.com. Um, and from there you can read a ton about who we are, what we do and our philosophy of medicine. And the fact that we're going to offer ethical, compassionate care. We do, we're not mercenary, uh, medical professionals that sneak into a country or try to hide, you know, what we're doing. Uh, we want to do everything above board, getting government permissions, getting uh, customs permissions to bring medication supplies in. Uh, but we want to do this where we can herald the gospel as loudly as we can without being uh, afraid of someone finding us. So you can you can rest in uh, in assurance that we're doing that to, to give you a great opportunity to serve. But uh, what I would say is you can go on those trip pages and you can see all the different countries, all the different dates uh, and the prices of going on a trip. Currently, uh, two of our main focuses that we do the, the most frequently is our medical and our optical teams. Um, they, like I said earlier, there's other options. And so if you go in there and maybe you're a physical therapist or you are a dentist and you see a trip and you don't see your specialty listed, all you got to do is shoot us an email and tell us, hey, uh, this is my specialty. This is what I'm interested in doing. We'll add you to the team. Absolutely. We will set it all up. We will make it happen because we want you to use your skills for the Lord. The only only uh, caveat to that is we can't always do surgery. So if you're a surgeon, reach out to me separately. We have an 8,000 square foot surgical center in Central America where we run uh, surgical teams year round there. And I would love to plug you into that facility. But going on a trip is easy. You'll just go on there, apply for the trip. Uh, you'll make a deposit. And then we handle 100% of the arrangements. If you can get to the airport on time, we've yeah. done everything else for you. Uh, you just you just need to go on, apply. Uh, it'll tell you the amount, but it takes care of your food, hotel, transportation, your airfare. It's all inclusive to go on a trip with us. We'll ask you for some simple documentation, whether it's your passport. If you are a medical professional, we'll ask you to upload a copy of your CV, uh, of your passport, of your license, of your diploma, just some simple things like that so that we can indeed work with the local government. Uh, get all of our permissions secured, licensure secured. But it's we, we've made it very streamlined. We've made it very easy. Uh, we've got a fantastic staff that'll help walk you through it. And then from that point till we actually travel, we just send you uh, good information through your email, whether it's uh, sample packing lists to videos that you can watch that'll help you know how to navigate the airport better or what to expect while you're traveling. Right. Uh, our team coordinators will reach out about whether a visa is needed, uh, vaccinations, all of those kind of things. I think we do a great job of communicating so that you feel well prepared in advance for those trips. And medical pro medical providers, we have webinars uh, before the trips as well, where we'll walk through our formulary list, we'll walk through uh, just the actual patient care and how the clinic operates so that you feel very uh, prepared and ready to go. Um, and, and it is, it's, it's a, an amazing, uh, well-oiled machine that God has given to us because of some fantastic personnel here in our office uh, and those who will travel on those teams. That's tremendous. Tell, tell me a little more about the uh, this surgical medical center you have in, in uh, you said South America? It's in Central America. It's the Rurik Surgical Center. 
Um, yeah, we, we built it in collaboration with Beacon Baptist Church, a missionary by the name of Matt Goins there. Yeah, uh, we yeah. built it on the backside of his property, and he is a fantastic host, uh, fantastic partner ministry. We've been working together for about 16 years now. Okay. Uh, he was one of the early people who saw what God was doing and and encouraged us and just asked us to be a part. And so it is great. We actually just were there last week with a general surgical team. We did uh, hernias, gallbladders, did about 28 cases last week. Uh, we'll be going back down there in just a few more weeks where we'll be doing orthopedic surgery. And then we'll also have a general surgeon as well. Next year, we're we're hoping to open up for cataracts, uh, for some GYN surgery, uh, urinary stuff, uh, just all kinds of things. Uh, God has, has been so good. It is a gorgeous facility with incredible equipment. We, we just stand in awe every time at what God has done there and how he's blessed and provided. Uh, just yesterday, the, um, the president of Honduras sent part of his cabinet down to tour our facility because they had heard about how beautiful it was and what God has yeah. done. And they were very impressed. And all we can do is just say, hey, it's all because of God. Uh, he's, he's given us incredible partners to allow us to have what we have. And so we're looking Looking forward to just watching that ministry kind of take off on its own too. Uh, it's been really fantastic. We 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 put it there because Central Americans can travel freely with their okay. their driver's license, no visa needed. Okay. So other missionaries can bring people from their community for free surgical procedures as a way to minister in their community, help people in their community. Uh, but as well, that community there where it's planted. Um, it's 400,000 people in that state and they have one public hospital, tons uh, of private places, but one public hospital and it's just overwhelmed and they needed help. And so it's a great ministry of that local church. That's amazing. I love hearing that. I just, it's exciting to see how God is using this. And I mean, after 18 years to see how all this is developing and uh, different parts, how many countries have you got, has your ministry been to? Oh, I have no idea, to be honest with you. I know yeah. I, I personally have been to about 73, 74. Wow. Um, yeah. I would say that the ministry at least half, if not, if not more than that, for sure. Um, I don't great. get to travel a lot for, for fun. <laughs> so sure. I haven't been to a lot of developed countries. Most of my, most of my time and experience has been in underdeveloped countries, yeah. uh, but the ministry has had, uh, God has given us uh, opportunity and, you know, be a part of a lot of different uh, missions uh, works. What does the partnership with the local church and the local missionary look like? Um, just, you know, for assurance of a medical professional coming on a trip and knowing that, um, you know, they may not be able to communicate, but the ones that you're ministering to are getting the gospels and they're going to be followed up on. So what, what does that partnership look like um, when you do that? Sure. So this is something that's really near and dear to my heart. And, and it may sound a little crazy, but I'll, I'll explain it quickly. Um, we, we don't want to do the evangelism. And here's the reason why. Number one, we probably don't speak the language. Uh, number two, we probably don't understand all that goes into the customs and the local beliefs um, in that area. And so I really want someone to hear the gospel in their heart language by someone from that local church. Um, I want someone to hear the gospel and instead of some kind of example that I might give or, you know, some kind of colloquialism that I may use, I want them to hear it from someone that's local, that knows what it's like to maybe lost friendships, uh, maybe lost a job, maybe even mm -hmm. lost family 
uh, over this decision to follow Christ. I want them to hear it from someone who can speak first handed. Uh, this is what Christ did in my life. These are the changes that happened to me. And these are the things that I may have given up, but this is why I gave it up and look at what Christ has done in my life. I want them to hear it that way. So a partnership with the church is so, so vital because, uh, we ask that church to advertise, uh, we don't care if people hear medical missions outreach. It is not about us. Sure. In fact, that's, that's really a detriment. We want them to know it's about that local church. Um, we want the church people to come and, and help serve with us, whether it's helping to greet patients as they come in the door, registering them, getting their name and address and phone number and age and stuff like that for us. So that there's that contact made. Uh, we'll take care of the medical work. Uh, but once that patient comes in and they're registered, they're triaged, they see a provider, while they're waiting on their prescription, it's kind of like the U.S. and Canada. You're going to have to wait for your medicine to get yeah. prepared. And so instead of just sitting around, that's when it's a perfect opportunity for someone in the church to sit down, tell them, hey, can I pray with you that God eases the pain you're in or or that he brings comfort to your life? And, and can I share with you the love of Christ and sit down, open up a Bible individually, share the gospel with that person allow them to make their own decision. They don't have to pray a prayer. They don't have to change religion so that they get medical attention or they get medicine. That stuff is already done. It's already happened. Uh, this is something we've done because we love you. Everything is free. This is your choice. This is between you and God alone to make this decision. And what we found is it's a beautiful opportunity because they've already been dignified. They've already been shown respect as a human being and loved and compassionately cared for. Now they get to make that decision, but they've also met someone from that church that if they visit that church, hey, look, there's that same person that I met that time. I can sit with them or or maybe who knows, be invited to their home for a meal or whatever may happen according to their cultures uh, where they get to make that connection together because myself, my team, we're there for that week and then we, we're moving on to the next country. And really all we're trying to do is introduce communities to churches, churches to communities so that people can see that's not a weird group over there. They're not some kind of, of you know, reprobate like the, you know, uh, the, the leader of our religious group has told us. These people are loving. These people are kind. This place is awesome. I, I enjoyed meeting them. Um, that's really what we're all about. And so the church is vital. Uh, from the advertising to helping us connect with, uh, you know, good qualified translators to offer uh, care. Um, it's so important to have this relationship so that, like, like you said earlier, once we're gone, they can start following up. They can they can have benevolence programs. We can tell them, hey, uh, listen, this patient came in and, and they have lupus and we're willing to help them for the first six months get their medication. Is this something the church would consider following through on afterwards? You can meet with them on a regular basis to, to hand off the medication. You yeah. can pray with them. You can minister to them. We've done that kind of thing globally. And it is fantastic because again, I, I could tell you story after story. Um, I could show you picture after picture of people who who have told me with their own mouth. I came to the clinic last year. Uh, I felt unloved. I felt unwanted. I felt helpless, hopeless. And I came and I found hope. I found help. And I'm here today because of it. Uh, missionary just uh, was telling us recently about a man who volunteered at the clinic the next year 
because he had found hope in Jesus Christ wow. and he wanted other people to find the same thing. And he's a active, uh, uh, you know, permanent fixture. It feels like around the church, the missionary was saying he's just, he's all in because he felt that love and, and acceptance from Christ and from the church people. And so that's why it's so important for us to work with the church. I hope listeners and, and those who haven't taken any trip like this, we've hosted construction teams. And even though it's, it's not helping people medically, just coming as an American, a Canadian, you know, Westerner and getting down in the dirt with the people where they are sure. meeting them in their need. And uh, I, I cannot share with you. And I'm sure you have story after story you could share. It's life-changing for people that are in need, people that are hurting, like you said, and just to take a week and a half of your time, you know, a couple of weeks. I love what you said. God will take care of the finances. That's, that's something sure. I've learned uh, being a missionary, you know, these, these years, a little over a decade is uh, money's not even a thing you really need to worry about God. It's God's work. He takes care of all that right. business. He'll take, he'll provide Absolutely. But just the impact that you can make that you won't even realize you're making uh, for eternity. It, it's immeasurable. You just, you cannot, you can't put it down into, you know, you can't quantify it. It's just the way the Lord sure. works, the lives you can impact and change. Um, boy, I hope you, you'll consider taking a trip like this if you're in the medical profession or, uh, yeah. or whatever. And if I don't, if you, yeah. if you don't mind me jumping in real quick, I will say this too, even if you're not medical, yeah. uh, for every one medical professional that travels with us, we need three non-medical volunteers. Oh, yeah. I could teach you simple stuff. You can, you can look at a scale and you can read the weight and help us get weights and Tremendous. temperatures of our patients. On yeah. average, our pharmacy fills about 12,000 prescriptions every four days. Wow. You can help get the medicine off the shelf, hand it to the pharmacist so they can fill those prescriptions faster to get the medica medications out to the patients. Uh, I could teach you how to do a visual acuity exam and you can help in the optical clinic. We can help, you can help get the glasses. We take about five, 6,000 pair of glasses to every country. You wow. can help us find the right prescription for that patient. You can fit them on their face. We can teach you how to manipulate them to fit the face better. Uh, you can work in the lab with a nurse. Like uh, there's just so much that you can do. Uh, we just tell people, we don't want you to be flexible. That's way too stiff. I need you to be fluid where you can just come on a trip and say, Hey, where do you want me? I'm there. I'll do it. I'll serve. I'll be, I'll be in my spot. You can count on me. And every one of those people put into this giant puzzle makes just this beautiful picture of the body of Christ serving together alongside our brothers and sisters, uh, in Christ from that local church. Uh, this is, this is what the Bible is calling us to do. We're to minister together like this. And so I encourage you, it doesn't matter what your background is, what your education, uh, I would encourage you to, to, to check it out and, and to, to go on a missions trip with us. I love it, man. I'm ready to host you guys next week. Cause I mean, it's not only, are you going to go? I can't wait either. <laughs> you're not only impacting people's physical health, but I mean, the, the open doors, it's going to give us as just a little church here in Northern Africa, uh, in a predominantly Muslim country where, like you said, they do have presuppositions about what uh, Westerners are like. They think all Americans are, are involved in debauchery and everything you see in the movies. And when they meet a Westerner who's humble, is getting down on their level, and is is using their time and resources to love and care for them, I just I cannot share with you how this the impact this makes in their life and opens their heart. We had a construction team, and when they left, 
the my lead uh, uh, mason for our building, he came to me and said, I'll tell you what, I'm ready to become what you are because you guys have something that I just, I've never seen before. You know, I've never wow. seen it in, in two bobs, white people, you know? And right, so right. it's, uh, it, it's, yeah, we're really excited about hosting it. Let, let's close out with this. I wanted you to maybe, uh, what would you say to a missionary uh, you know, we've, we don't have any active medical ministry outreach. Uh, we did have sure. a doctor join our church last year, which made me really excited about connecting with you because now we already have somebody in that field who's a part of our church. But what would you say to a missionary? Maybe they don't have any med- medical background. Nobody on their team is in medicine and they haven't done anything with medical outreach. Should they host a team uh, like yours? And what what thought needs to be going into it? How can they prepare? And um, what can they do to become more actively engaged through medicine in the in their communities if they haven't done anything like that yet? Sure. Um, so this is uh, I don't know. We I don't know that we can close on that because that's a long. There's a long answer to this <laughs> sure, in, sure. in a lot of ways. But I'll I'll keep it really short. And I would say this. Yeah, we would love to partner with you. You can go to our website. There's a, um, a part of our website that says get involved and it says host a team. You can do- download a host packet and it'll walk you through what it's like to host a team, what we're going to ask from you and expect from you, what you can expect of us so that we can have a good partnership. And then there's like a host application that you can fill out really quick so that we can you know begin this conversation to see if we can help you. Uh, again, I can't stress enough what an incredible avenue this is for churches to be involved in. Every country is different. Uh, but if you are a missionary in an underdeveloped uh, country, uh, there's a lot of similarities. Uh, most of the medical facilities that are government owned or operated are either running short staffed, uh, they're running with low supplies or poorly, um, they're poorly equipped. And so there are ways that you can jump in and get involved and serve in your community uh, with that local, uh, local health care professionals uh, without being one. Um, it's the church in Honduras after we first started going there and they saw some of the conditions that before they just had never thought of it this way. Uh, we just did not, we did not equate, um, the people we love with their healthcare situation and what's going on because that's the government's job. They're the ones caring for them. Well, we know that scripture tells us we're to be more involved as a church. We're to love. It's our love that they're going to know we're his disciples. And so there's ways we can be involved. They began just uh, something very simple. They began putting together the birthing kits because that hospital, when a mother goes to give birth, there's nothing given to them. Americans, Westerners, we cannot fathom going to a hospital and the doctor saying, before you come in the door, here's a shopping list. I need you to go outside to the pharmacy, to the supply store. You have to buy all these things and bring it back so that I can care for you. Americans, that blows their minds that there is that it, that happens globally. That's not isolated to yeah. one or two countries. This is happening all over the world uh, due to just a lack of funding or, or uh, um, you know, uh, supply chain issues, mm-hmm. whatever it may be. And so for that church, they were bringing in just a small basin, a little pack of diapers. Uh, the ladies in the church were knitting little hats and, and little socks for the baby. They were yeah. putting a little blanket in there, uh, you know, small cans of, of, of a locally bought formulas, things like that, that didn't amount to a lot of money whatsoever. But when they walked into that hospital and went room to room and handed it to those people, hearts were just immediately wide open. What, why are you doing this? What, how much do I owe you for this? Um, I don't even know you, who are you? 
And this was not done just by the missionary. This is done by people in the church. This yeah. is this was uh, nationals meeting nationals here. This was uh, locals meeting locals, however you want to determine it or you know describe it here. Yeah. And they're seeing this change that Christ has brought into their life. And it was opening hearts for gospel conversations, for follow-up, for visits to the church. I mean, it's, it's incredible. And listen, every missionary can just simply say, God, open my eyes to see some of these needs around me. W- what's going on? Is there a, maybe a TB clinic in town? that they're running short on medications. Could that be something that I just raise a little bit of extra work funds and I help to try to fund some of that? Uh, Maybe I work with medical missions outreach to see, can we order some medications that I know are just depleted in our area and and just kind of help connect these two together and and I'll help raise some funds and then we'll get the medications there and and our church will do a presentation just to tell the town, we love you guys. We're we're sorry that there's so much hurting and desperation here, but we want to meet some of these needs. Um, And before you write it off, um, you know, if you're listening to this, before you write that off and just say, oh, man, the, the need is either too great and that's a drop in the bucket. Uh, first of all, every single individual counts for Christ. Yeah. Uh, we may see, you know, 25,000 people come through our clinics in a year. But, man, I, I can tell you, I've asked God to help me never forget um, the faces and names of people every year just saying, God, don't let me forget that this is about those individuals, uh, that if it's just that one person uh, that hears the gospel or that we're able to minister to, uh, that's the way it was for Christ, going out of his way to see the woman at the well, uh, to going to the pool at the Bethesda and, and helping this layman. It was individuals. And sure, there was a lot more people that needed help, but he taught me that this is what we're doing. It's individuals walking amongst them doing the best we can with what we've been given um, he will he will supply he will provide for us here just just keep reaching those people uh, and so I, I would love to encourage you to get involved that way uh, to see if there's ways that you can minister and ask God too just to open your eyes for what works in your community what's the group what's the best context in your community uh, for partnering with them meet some doctors meet some nurses meet the hospital officials and just ask them well, what are some of your greatest needs what are some of the greatest greatest things that uh, you you are lacking um, in order to help the people in our community. Yeah, I cannot emphasize enough, you know, get involved in medical some way or another, if you're a missionary on the field. And uh, we did, we started doing the same thing, what you just described, going to the hospital, handing out packets for mothers. And I'll say this, my first real experience with culture shock was with a medical situation and just seeing the, you know, people here do their best, but just seeing the lack of resources. Um, There was a child that was born prematurely. They, they had one working ICU bed or whatever, you know, to keep them alive. And then the dad, I was with them. We had to go out at 2 AM in the morning, trying to find a pharmacy that was open just to get the medicine so they could treat this preemie baby. And then two days later, they came and said, we have another baby that's in a worse condition. You have to take your baby home. And I'll tell you, it's a miracle that their baby survived. And that's another story for another time. But I'll, uh, I'll say this. Um, I really appreciate you coming on. I appreciate what you guys are doing with your medical mission outreach. And uh, if you're listening today, I want you to do one of three things, but do at least two of these three things. Number one, go read about medical missions outreach, go to their website and determine now to take a trip, 
whether you're in a medical profession or not, say, I'm, I'm going to commit to taking a trip, whether it's this year, next year, you know, two, three years down the road, commit to taking one of these trips. And if you can't take one of these trips, then commit to giving and supporting uh, the ministry there. And then the third thing you can do is share this podcast with as many people as you can so we can get the word out there with anybody who hasn't yet heard about Medical Mission Outreach. Uh, just get the word out about this wonderful ministry. And uh, we're excited to see how the Lord's going to use it here in Senegal. Well, Bradley, sure. thank you for coming on and uh, sharing this ministry. We could spend another couple hours. Our internet is getting really uh, patchy here going in and out. And so I want to thank you for coming on. And again, how do, how do people reach out to learn more about your ministry? So easy. Just, uh, just visit us online, medical-outreach.com. You can search for us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You can see tons of pictures, videos, testimonies there uh, to help you get to know us better as you pray for us. Uh, we would love to hear from you. We would love to have you uh, be a part of the ministry. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. Be sure to stay in touch and we're looking forward to next year hosting you. And listener, be sure to share this podcast. I can't wait for it. We're, oh, we're excited. Yes. Very good. Well, thank you so much for your time. God bless. Have a great day. God bless you too.